This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So again, great, great to have you here and as we look at this service. And what I want to do is I want to talk about the concept of, of how is it that we sort of can encourage each other. And, and what does that look like to really have encouragement? What I want to do is, is, is read you something from the, the, the letter uh, that Paul wrote in Romans. And it, it talks about how significant encouragement is. And I'm going to read through it, and it sounds like, a, you know, it sounds like it was a lot of Bible stuff. It's this densely, densely packed stuff. It's, it's hard to kind of get a hold of, and, but, but we're going to look at it, and then we're going to start to break it apart a little bit in ways that are much easier to read. So listen to this. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, regarding his son, who as to his human nature was a descendant of David, here he's talking about Christ, and who through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the son of God. And we're going to look at that line. By his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through him and for his name's sake, we received grace and apostleship to call people from among all the Gentiles, the obedience that comes from, to the obedience that comes from faith, and you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. So, you know, again, like when, when you have an audience like this, you read those words and someone's like, oh, I'm not even sure I'm, I quite get this Christianity thing or that I believe this Christianity thing. What is it talking about? So I want to talk about what this means, and then we're going we're gonna to kind of expand it out to look at what encouragement actually is. Now, the first is understanding context. Like, the book of Romans, here's an easy question for you. The book of Romans were written to a group of Christians living in Rome, living in Rome. Now, Rome was the, the seat of the Roman Empire. So it was literally right in the belly of the beast. I mean, it was literally right in the area where, where Christianity would soon be vehemently attacked. And Paul sends them this letter and he's saying, look, you know, just breathe find some encouragement. And he reminds them in this way that we may not get just reading through it as fast as I did, that this is actually dangerous work because he uses this line as part of it. He says, declared with power to be the son of God. Well, declared with power to be the son of God, the emperor was called the son of God. So here he's saying, you know, Christ and all that Christ represents, that loving, caring, connected bit, that son of God, that's what's going to come to rule. So right away, it's a reminder that actually faith is kind of a dangerous endeavor. And then he goes on to offer this beautiful line here. Call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience, I'm going to have you say the last word there, to the obedience that comes from. Now, now look at these lines. I mean, it's just, it's beautiful when you start to pull it apart. One is it says call. It doesn't say control, coerce, punish. It just says give a call. Give a call out there. And it's not a call that's to just go narrowly down to a frozen chosen. It's a call that is to go to, please say the A word there, all. It's a call that's supposed to go out there to all. It's, it's supposed to be this broad call to Gentiles. That means to everybody out there to the obedience that comes from faith. Now, the word obedience there could have been translated attentive listening. Just think about that. Think about that for a minute. Attentive listening. Calling people, all people, 
to the attentive listening, the leaning in kind of listening that comes from faith. And here again, we're, we're not talking of faith that is, is like just one particular brand, I don't think. I mean, we're talking about faith is in the eye of love. And I think this is a call to all people from all religions. You know, let's think about that, 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 that call that can pull us all together in these wonderful, a beautiful, incredible ways. And then he goes on with this line. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Now again, we're going to do the first part of the service very quickly because I want to get to this. So as the band comes out, I'd ask you to think about what that means. You know, that idea of being encouraged. That encouragement part, that encouragement part, if you notice the line there, what it's talking about, mutually encouraged by each other's faith. So much of the time, we think of encouragement kind of as like, well, here's the person and here I am. And this encouragement has to all come down from some top part. And he's saying something very different. He's saying, no, actually what needs to happen is there needs to be an encouragement in the round. An encouragement where we are gathered in a circle. Each encouraging one another. All on the same playing field. Now that's what we're going to try to do. Now the way we're going to try to do that is this. And this is why I'd only do it during the summer. Because I'm hoping it works well. We'll see. Is I'm going to ask for volunteers. Now we already have two. I'd like four more volunteers. And you can be nudging the person beside you to volunteer right now. And what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to come up here and sit. And you're going to respond to some basic, easy questions. And the questions are these. Why did you come here for the first time? What was your reason? Then why did you come back? A second question. And then the third question is going to be what words of encouragement or hope do you feel like you've been called to offer. And you don't need to think of big, complex answers. I'm going to actually shoot you some other questions. And that's what I just want today to be, is to just like, yeah, let's just hear each other encourage one another. New church idea is that, that, that you know, that, that heaven and earth, we're gathered in societies, we're gathered in groups. And through those communities, that's how we learn. So what we're going to do is we're going to start here. I'm going to ask our fine audience to just answer this simple question. Who they are, and why did they come to church the first time? My name is Liz Cuffs, and I came to this church for the first time because I was baptized into the general church. And then, so I grew up going to all the different services, and I heard there was a new one. And I wanted to find out what it was about. So that's it. Great. My name is Vanessa Garcia. I um, Decided I wanted to get back into going to church, and I tried different ones in the area, and I started going across the street to the cathedral, and I ran into my doctor, and she encouraged me to try this one, and I came and instantly knew, like, this was where I wanted to keep coming. Hi, I'm Dean Fiadino, and I think I first came to this church because we were invited by a dear friend, but I, we were looking for a church that offered kind of community connection and an opportunity for service. 
Hi, my name's Ashley Dunn. Uh, I'm actually not from the community. I was raised Catholic my whole life, and my husband started working in institutional advancement for the college and met Chuck and you know, well, here we are, here we came. <laughs> <laughs> and I still, I have the picture of when they first came to church. She looked so scared. Oh my goodness, like who is this crazy pastor with an iPhone taking a picture? <laughs> Hi, I'm Tina Tenary, and we were looking for a church that would suit our family well, and my son Ryan told us about this church, so we came and we love it here. Great. Hi, uh, my name is Christine Hazen. Uh, the way I ended up coming to the church was through my husband and family. Uh, Chuck married us, and uh, I was born and raised as a Catholic, so I'm glad to be here. Great, great. Plus. All right, now when, as Lone gets his answer in, we're going to go round round two. And in round two, what I'm asking him to do, so, so we get lots of people. Like the thing about church, believe it or not, is we get a lot of first-time attendees. Some come here, it's just, and there's nothing wrong with it. Some, it's literally just an ice cream stop. It's nice, they come, and then they go, but and it was good. It's like Tanner's ice cream, right? Who doesn't like Tanner's? You know, it's a nice thing, but hopefully you're not thinking about living at Tanner's. Uh, you know, and they come, they visit, they have a nice time. And then there's, a, there's another group that actually comes back a second time. And then a third time. And what I wanted these folks to do now is in a sense or two say, why did you come back the second time? So first was why they came. Second is why they came back a second time. And, and hear these words as words of encouragement. Hear these words as words of encouragement. Is it on? There you okay. Go. Why I came back the second time, uh, somebody had told me the church was on the internet. And this is something that I had wanted for the church for a very long time. Uh, so to see that happening, uh, and so I think the second time I came here, I might have come here virtually. <laughs> <laughs> but it was very exciting. I'd never seen my church on the internet, and I really wanted to be supportive of that effort. I came back because uh, it was the first time that I actually was able to be fully engaged in a sermon and leave, not just on Sunday, but take what I learned and apply it throughout the week and be able to do some of the positive aspects of it and start applying it to my life. So it became instantly something that I was like, I have to keep coming because it just feels good. The first time was really fun, so we figured we'd come back again. Um, <laughs> The music was great, the band was great, but more than that, there was a message that really just spoke to, to me and I think the rest of my family was just very uplifting. I grew up in a different church environment where everything seemed to be a little bit um, kind of fear-based and not love-based. So it was just the whole sermon and message kind of spoke to what we were looking for. Kind of feel the same way. I became a church robot and went out of obligation and then... Uh, the second time I came here, it made sense. I didn't tune out. I was actually listening, and it was really good. We came back because we were so comfortable here. Um, it's a very relaxed setting, and we love the music, and the services always seemed to um, coordinate with what was going on in our lives, and we could relate to it. Um, I came back again because, um, as everyone said, uh, we are in a community that encourages, encourages us to love each other and grow with each other and support each other in everything that we do and also spread the love that we learn and share uh, with the rest of the world. So 
that's why I keep coming because every day I keep growing as a person and my family is also growing um, as a community. That's beautiful. Beautiful, guys. So I want to read you quickly here uh, some of the pieces that Loan has, and then we'll move into our third question. He says, answer to question one. This is pretty funny. My dad and mom said, you have to come to this new church live service. The band is outstanding. That's good. And then the second question for him is, I came back because I loved the format and the content. Very real and life ready. And, and folks, like, like hear, hear this stuff. See, I, I don't think these, and when we're going to get into the third, I don't think these answers are that different from the answers you would have heard people giving as they encouraged each other thousands of years ago. I mean, that's kind of the miracle, right, of, of Christianity, is that, that those messages, like it's, it's this thread that goes back thousands of years, and in a certain sense, Christianity even predates Christ. You know, think about that for a little bit. You know, these, these, this basic part, that, that part of you that wants, you know, like she's saying, like that part of us that wants to get freed up, and, and loves to be in a loving environment where, where that can happen. And, and that's not about a pastor. That's about people. That's about congregation. That's about gatherings. So our third question, all of you can turn around here and see, see number three here. What is a spiritual gift you received from God, the congregation, that has encouraged you on your spiritual journey? So what is a particular gift? Like it could be, oh yeah, when I heard this, it really clicked. Uh, when I heard a spiritual gift you received from God, the congregation has encouraged you on your journey. And just so you know, folks, a lot of the time as a pastor, one of the funny parts about being a pastor is a lot of the time the gifts people will say they got from you as a pastor, you never actually said it. Just they heard it. That's great. God did his work. So I don't know whether we said these things or not. Doesn't matter. So what was the spiritual gift that you got? Something specific. Like, yeah, you know, this was something out of this whole endeavor that I really got that was a gift. Uh, so, I, so I joined a small group and uh, it was Miracle Group and we were devoted to doing service, volunteer work. And I think what I got out of that was that I had a sense of purpose and usefulness to other people. Uh, I got to really feel like I was helping in the world and it was helping me through a difficult time because I was having employment trouble. And uh, you know, sometimes when you have that kind of trouble, you get the impression like you're not useful in the world. Uh, but volunteering really helped me understand that you know, it's, it's, your use isn't the same as your job. Yeah. Uh, and so that is the gift that I got from this church. Thank you. Uh, a, few, a few weeks ago, Chuck said something along the lines of like walking with your feet grounded, like really feeling, you know, what you're doing. And that was something that I took with me. And instead of just going through the motions every day and just, you know, get up, go to work, do this, do that, like really feeling what you're doing and just slowing down a little bit in life. And I feel like that's something that has been working for me. And as long, and along with passing it along to others, like, let's just slow down, you know, have a cup of coffee, relax, talk, and just appreciate life. I actually think it was very early on, very early on maybe even the first service where you know, it was the concept of the Monday morning church. And I kind of can picture it right now. It's, you know, the idea isn't that you're going to go to church on Monday. It's that after you leave church on Sunday, when you start your next day and throughout the week, you just keep kind of carrying on that mindset. 
And um, those little things that you do with big love every day is part of this live church. I think I'm kind of in the same boat. Everything that everything you learn isn't just what Chuck says. Um, it's through the people that you meet. And, I mean, we've had lunch with people at their houses and just incredible things that I never... I never thought a church was because I had such a different experience. Um, I've gotten peace in my life through trials and tribulations that we've had to deal with and um, just a closer relationship with the Lord. Thank you. Um, I've learned um, to share my love that I've learned from everyone in the congregation and also to be kind in everything that I do and encourage everyone um, in anything that they do. So those are the greatest gifts that I've learned from being part of the congregation. Great. Now, the, the congregation actually sent in a number of questions, which I want to share. And uh, this time, we're just going to ask for, for two people who'd like to raise their hand to answer these. And these were really good questions. People emailed them in during the week. And the first question I liked is, let's see if I can get this, read this properly here. Um, was this, what encouragement would you offer, would you offer to someone who resented their previous faith experience? So somebody who sort of tried Christianity and is like, oh man, that just, so when they got invited to church, they're like, you gotta be kidding me. You know, like what would you offer to that person? Because there's probably a few of them sitting here in the audience, you know, what would you offer to them? I was actually in that position before coming here. I went to five different churches. So I decided I wanted to get back into faith. And the first one I went to, I was just bored and not engaged. And I was like, this is back to, you know, being in like fourth grade Sunday school, like just not, you know, just boring. So I, I didn't give up and I kept trying different ones. And I would just offer to be open. Like you, you can't just go to one place and expect that to be your home. You have to be open to trying new places, you know, getting to know new people, and you'll know when it's the right place, but you just have to be open. Great. Someone else? I would say to be persistent because, uh, you know, I started coming here a year ago, and I feel like I kind of, I, I really connected with it at points, and then sometimes you kind of hit these times where you're not as connected, but I would say be persistent, and uh, don't try to figure everything out, because I certainly don't have my faith figured out yet, but I certainly feel closer than where I was a year ago. <laughs> Thank you. And so this question is kind of a combination of a number of questions. A number of people wrote in, you know, like, I'm feeling unloved. I'm going through a divorce. People who are going through loss or a dark time. So, so what would, again, for a couple of you, what would you offer to somebody who's here who's really going through a dark time? Like, what, what's, what would be helpful to them to hear that you've kind of learned about going through a really dark time in your life and how your faith has helped you? That's a... Big question. Uh, just to keep the faith and, and know that God is there for you and things will be better. Um, we won't know when, but when I guess he feels that it's right, when the time is right. So just to hang in there and, and have faith. Uh, what I'll tell uh, someone is reach out to anyone. Um, reach, out, reach out to uh, the pastor, Chuck. Reach out to anyone in the congregation. Uh, don't feel alone. And we're always here to listen to you and we'll help in any way that we can. Great. Thank you. And uh, a last question is this. It's just, is there anything on it? We're going to pass around the mic one more time. 
Is there anything on your heart that you want to offer as a last word to these folks, a last word of encouragement that you would offer out there into the universe, out there into cyberspace, a last word of encouragement as we look at the biblical bed of let's encourage one another. All right? I think one of the most encouraging things that ever happened to me was a friend of mine said to me, I want to try an experiment. I want to have a conversation without using any should statements. (laughs) We're not going to say should. We're not going to say supposed to. We're not going to say ought. If you want something to happen, just express it by saying, you know, I wish everyone could, you know, who has health issues could get health care. You know, instead of saying, we should do this. This was very hard. It turned out to be very difficult. And... But amazingly, the less I spent saying what other people should do, the more encouraged I felt the conversations I was having with them were. But the most amazing thing was when I stopped saying those, like, should words to other people, because we we did this over a course of months, we would get together in small groups and practice this, uh, I stopped saying them to myself. And I suddenly realized that that was a huge form of discouragement and that it kept me from doing things that I felt God was calling me to do. So if I could give anyone advice, it's not my advice, it's from my friend Alex, but it turned out to be a great thing. Thank you. Thank you. My advice would be just to take deep breaths, stop. And, you know, I truly believe everything happens for a reason. And I think God is with us throughout everything, no matter the good, the bad. And sometimes we're like, why, why did this happen? But I don't feel like we would be put through something that we couldn't handle. And sometimes it's just to remind us to stop, let God in and, you know, just let him take over and, and say, help me. And that could be reaching out to anybody. So just, you know, support, ask for support when you need it. And, you know, just truly believe that everything happens for a reason. Um, when I think of encouragement and where that encouragement can be really effective, it's in times of uncertainty. Mm. And so if you ask yourself, well, really, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, how bad can it be? Um, that kind of give you the courage to take that single step. And a lot of times those baby steps are really important to kind of work through whatever it is that you're working through. And and this church specifically has a lot of small groups, a lot of things that you can connect with to let you take those baby steps. So you don't have to dive into the deep end of the pool. You can kind of dip in one foot at a time and kind of sort it out as you're going. Uh, I agree that everything happens for a reason. And I would say to keep going and, uh, you know, the right time will be when things are revealed to you. So maybe you don't think you're living your best life now, but you could be on your way and you don't even know it yet. Um, I would encourage people to live every day like it was their last, make the best of everything, and appreciate um, nature and, and the love of your friends and family around you. That's it. That's great. That's great. Um, I would encourage everyone to uh, just keep going no matter what. Um, And if you ever need help, please reach out to anyone and uh, we'll be there to help you. So just keep going. Even if you're facing any challenge that you feel that you cannot overcome, uh, just keep trying and always ask for help. Don't feel alone. Thank you. 
So, so before I let, let these folks go, you know, that was beautiful. It's just what I wanted, you know, just it's hearing your words and hearing what you offered. And, and folks, just, just imagine, you know, you can, you can literally like think back thousands of years ago as people were starting to, to wake up to, to a different way of living, a different way of living. And here was the Roman Empire, everything based on power and certain definitions of success. And here were these crazy Christians who are running around with such revolutionary ideas as love everybody. Revolutionary ideas like take care of the poor and the sick and the widow and the orphan. Crazy ideas like it ain't actually about you. Crazy ideas like there's a bigger picture, God's got it. Wild ideas like on the other side of darkness and death, there is resurrection, there is redemption. There's a part in you that wants to be free and there's a God out there who is out to free it. I mean, just think about that message. Think about sitting in circles like this and the way that mutual encouragement can work because it is about a congregation that does that. I love St. Francis's words, you know, and you've heard me say this before, preach the word every day and if need be, use words. And it's, it's a beautiful idea that, that really, we, it, it is about what we do and we can offer these deep words of encouragement one to another, courage where our heart lives, where we, we're able to talk about where people's heart lives and we're able to encourage that because don't we all need it? Like, isn't there a part of you that wants to be encouraged? That wants to be free? And I think that's so much part of the Christian message. So I'm going to ask these folks to stand up and I'm going to ask you to give them one more round of applause and then we'll close, we'll close the service. Thank you guys. You can go on up. You guys hold on. You got another standing ovation. Just give my wife. <laughs> that was powerful. And I, I, look at, I look at what, uh, you know, Lone's answer to question three. Every service leaves me with a sense of calm, peace, and the feeling I can't take on the world again. I can't take on the world again through my connection with my community, family, and the Lord. And that is so much part of it. So regardless of whether you're here because it's an ice cream stand, a motel, or a home, I want you to say, want you to notice we offer all three. We do read us on occasion. You know, on occasion, yes, it is a great thing just to come and just to have a day to just be refreshed. For other times, it's, it's, it's a beautiful way for a group to gather. And for other people, it really will become home. And think about that this fall, folks. Like, you know, I just, I think about this fall a lot. You know, this is going to be a big fall for us. You know, we had 200, because of our online audience, you know, we're growing pretty quickly and a lot of people watch online. A lot of people come here to church and, and we're going to need everybody to try to create this so that there is this kind of support and this kind of connection one to another. And this is why it's not about, can we grow a church? It's about the question, can we serve? Can we serve? I mean, there's so many people out there in the world, you, so many people out there in the world who are just yearning to find that freedom, to find that connection, to find that joy, to find those wonderful pieces that Christianity and really all good faiths offer. And the new church can be an umbrella, this really big new church arms that can wrap itself around all of it. 
So I leave you with these last words from Romans 15, encouraged by each other's faith. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And look at those words, folks, joy, peace, trust, and hope. And that's what we're gonna wish as we go out there into the fall. Hope to see you all next week. Thank you for being here today. Hopefully you're leaving here a little encouraged. So we're gonna now close the service with a prayer. I'm going to just set it up. You're gonna have some quiet music. You're gonna get a chance to hear some gentle noodling. You're welcome to say the Lord's Prayer as you know it. And to actually lead us in prayer is my dear friend, Jean Atta, who is out here. He's a pastor visiting us from Los Angeles. He came out to New Church Live to get a sense of, of what we're up to and take some ideas back to his congregation. So with that, John's gonna lead us in a prayer. Thank you. Lord, we thank you for today. Courage, we all need courage. Lord, I can think of people here in this room who need courage to face the truth. Courage to tell people I hurt. Courage to take a new path. Courage to start all over again. Courage to go for an interview. Courage, Lord, to even drink water or eat food. Some people need courage to understand that life is better. People will need encouragement to continue living a good life. Lord, we bless your name for all this. And as we gather here today, we want to thank you for your love. Because every day you give us courage to keep moving forward one step at a time. Your blessing is good for all of us. In your name we pray that you keep encouraging us to love people all around us no matter what our differences are, so we can recognize that you are good to all. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. 